welcome to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns and today is the 10th of June 2021 and with us we have got Piotr Rusnek. Hi Piotr. Hey Michelle, how are you? Great, thank you. Today we're going to be talking about auctions and I'm going to be picking your brains about auctions the traditional route well traditional as in in you know pre-covid world i guess in in the auction room then we've had the online auctions and then we've got the modern method of auctions as well which uh, is is becoming more and more common at the moment so um start us off tell us you know how did you get into the world of auctions and and this is your how did this become your speciality um yes so i got into the world of auction uh, quite accidentally i went on a 10-day silent meditation retreat uh, and over there i met someone who offered me a job in properties that was 11 years ago and um, that's basically how i started and i was working in central london and my first job was um, actually going to auctions and speaking to people who want properties and offering them some bridging services that the kind of financial arm of the company was 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 offering but I was really bad at that and uh, I had to requalify as a kind of person who finds properties in auctions and goes uh, and buys them for clients and stuff like that so that company basically had buyers who wanted to buy things in central London or in London in general and that's how I kind of got into auctions um, so that was 11 years ago and uh, since then uh, then I opened my own business in 2013 and I was uh, finding properties for clients as well uh, and and uh, trying to do my own deals uh, also but what I found frustrating was that the process was taking forever, like with agents. You never knew where you were standing. Is the seller going to change their mind? Is someone else going to come uh, like after six months, 18 months of, of doing work? So um, basically, I found auctions to be the perfect place to basically secure deals because uh, in auctions, yes, there is a competition. But within two or three weeks, you know whether you got the deal or whether you don't have a deal. So as long as you do everything, basically, it, 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 you've got clarity. So I like the speed and that's basically what, um, what I specialize myself. Great. In. Fantastic. Well, we'll come back and dig into your journey a bit more. But first of all, just for people who are interested in the difference between the different styles of auctions that are happening now, um, could you kind of give us a brief overview in terms of what you see the differences between the modern online auctions now and the traditional ones where you're in the room um yes so so that uh, i mean it, it isn't uh, that different different types of online auctions so online means basically it's you bid online um but then there is uh, like traditional auctions that are held online instead of an auction room. And those things, there isn't really much of a difference. The, the, the biggest difference is that there's more people bidding because people don't have to go to the room and it's easier for them to bid. Right. Um, so I'd say that isn't uh, much of a, of a difference. Uh, uh, maybe it's easier for people to do it. But then there are modern methods of auctions, which are those auctions where you basically it's not like an auction I, I wouldn't even call it an auction it's like a fancy way of calling something an auction and it's more like an estate agent process uh, of getting people to commit to a property and pay a 6k fee um, <laughs> yeah so, so I actually funny enough I, I actually made a phone call this morning to a property that I'd seen and um, 
so I was asking her about you know the, the process and uh, partly in preparation for today as well but also uh, also to have a look at this house so she said that there's the um the so her words were um there's I said I said is there an end date right because in an auction you've got a date in mind and she said no it, it doesn't work like that basically when there's enough interest then it triggers the auction and then the bidding process starts and I said so it's been on till, since April so surely there's not been enough interest and she said yeah okay so I said is it possible to still put a bid in before the auction starts I said are you still you know direct in contact with the with the owners and she said yes so that was interesting um that there hadn't been enough people to trigger this auction so um I don't know what the criteria is and how many people are needed to trigger yeah so basically like it's not triggering interest because the property is too expensive simple it's an auction it's just a way of marketing a property uh, an auction is really kind of a place where motivated sellers, people who want to sell a property, put it in the auction. And it's cheap enough so that someone is going to buy this. And then people are competing for it uh, and they know there's a deadline and all these things, that that's what makes an auction. What you call is not an auction. It's just mm-hmm. a fancy way of marketing something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so and then there's a bit more time involved with the online auctions. Is that right? So that in the traditional in the room, you've got uh, is it is it thirty days? Yeah, it's about four weeks to complete. So when you come to the the room and or you bid online, the same it's the same thing. Like when you bid online or when you come to the room, it's you've got four weeks to complete when you win the property. Normally, sometimes it's six weeks. You just need to read there. Uh, conditions for that particular lot the standard completion is four weeks um and seem to be prepared like in advance when you come and win that property whether that's online or in the room in a traditional auction you are committed like there's no going back um and and also the price that you're willing to pay it it would depend on what's in the legal pack or what's not in the legal pack or what else you need to pay in addition to the purchase price. So there's a lot of things that are within the legal pack that will affect the way you bid. So a lot of preparations needed. Absolutely. And in terms of preparation then, what do you think people who buy an auction, what do you think they tend to miss? What are the common kind of pitfalls of people buying an auction apart from the obvious kind of Japanese knotweed and uh, dry rot throughout the building. Yeah, well, I guess uh, some people watch too much Homes Under the Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Um, I guess that's number one. Uh, it's 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 always difficult to predict everything that with the, the, the auction properties because obviously if the property needs a refurb, you never know what kind of refurb is needed. Sometimes even in your own house, when you start refurbing something, you find out that if you pull that, I don't know, floorboard out and then you find out there's some things you didn't expect. The same with auction properties. There will be things that are not visible that you need to account for. Um, but um, it, it, you need to basically do the numbers so that um, the worst case scenario is, is covered. Like if you add contingency to the, to the building works, and also account now for the increased prices that 
you know the, the build costs and in, in case yeah, kind of true, yeah. labor costs um those are the important things and i guess what people miss as well quite often is the ex the additional costs that are within the legal park there's in the special conditions the sellers can add additional costs like a contribution to selling cost legal cost and there are some dodgy sellers who add quite significant costs and they add them as uh, as words rather than 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 the numbers so for example mm -hmm. there is a trader who keeps adding in words that uh, there are some costs like the for example, the legal fee of £1,000 plus VAT or a surge cost of £460 and those things are the numbers. But then there is a, another clause and then it says that an, a buyer will pay on completion two, as in written, TWO percent, 2.75% actually plus VAT. And that's all written in, in, in letters. So it's very difficult to kind of spot it if you don't read carefully. And that's quite significant significant costs because that's about yeah. 3.3%, including yeah. the of the purchase price. It's a bit like a stamp duty. So uh, people yeah. miss that as well. Um, but once you exchange contracts, you have to pay it. Yeah, that's tough. And uh, obviously everything's, you know, at the moment the market's so strong, things are going for way above <laughs> the, the asking price or the guide price often. So how do you... What's your kind of feel for for where the market is at the moment and and where it's going? Obviously, people, you know, that they're paying a, a premium, if you like. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, a house is what is worth what someone will, is willing to pay for it. And that's it. So um, what's your feeling around what's happening at the moment in auctions? Um, I mean, things are going super well in auctions. We basically our main business is uh, helping people sell properties in auctions. And we've been selling in the last year more than ever um, because number one, people want to sell. Some people just, uh, they know the market is good. They want to sell. Some people have to sell and uh, people are buying. People have money to buy properties. Um, and also they like the auction process. Buyers like the auction process because it's quick. They get information up front and uh, things sell really well in auctions, I guess. What's your opinion on um if you had to put a a gut feeling on a percentage of how many properties there's actually something seriously wrong with it like structurally or japanese not weed or something versus uh properties that they just want a quick sale any idea because i think the common the common kind of misconception is that all properties there must be something wrong with it if it's in auction yeah yeah it's um... Yes and no. So something wrong can mean a lot of different things. <laughs> With my client, she couldn't uh, refinance her property because it was above a shop, above a coffee shop. Right. She had problems refinancing it. We said, we'll put in the auction and we'll sell this for you. She put in the auction with the rest on the reserve price and the property sold for like 20% above the, the, the reserve price. And it's sold to someone who's going to finance this property. For him, it's not a problem. He actually owns right. another above that property. So it's like, it was a problem for her because yep. the lenders who she could use wasn't when lending on her property. But for this guy, 
it wasn't a problem because he had a lender who's happy with properties like that. So sometimes the problem mm -hmm. for one person is not the same as for other person. Uh, so I guess 80% of the properties, 90% have got some problems mm -hmm. right. for someone, but those are not like, I don't know, in general, they're mm -hmm. not problems. Yeah. I guess even if you own your own property, again, I come out to example, you might have problems with it yeah. and just a matter of fixing those problems and putting some money into it. So problems are opportunities. That's how I see things. Uh, if you have uh, cracks in the building, if you have, I know, this property with no planning permission, those are all opportunities that you can capitalize on as long as you don't overpay for the property. You take good kind of view of the problems, how much it's going to cost to resolve them and you account for those things in your figures. Um, so I don't tend to look at properties as like problems. I look at them as opportunities because the more problems there are, the more people are put off from buying those properties. And if you put the right price on it, you win it, you can yeah. make money. Absolutely. You make money when you buy, right? So, but it's, I think a lot of it is, like you say, down to that due diligence of, of working out all the costs involved uh, and making sure it stacks at the end. So, um, yeah. I'll give you one example of a property that's in the auction right now. And uh, I'm super excited about it because it's got problems. Um, <laughs> the house split into two flats. It was purchased in 2016 and when it was last in the auction, and it was actually purchased as a five-bedroom house. Now it's offered as, a, as two flats. Right. And uh, I checked planning records. There's no planning records for this building. Right. So it's, uh, it's, it's a problem. But it's, mm -hmm. then I checked a few other things. And if the property was used as, as two flats for four years, you can make this certificate a lot for use and stuff like that and it's a council records council tax records and it looks like this property has been registered as two flats for council tax since 2017 so perfect it, it kind yeah. of is a problem it will put people off but for me i just look at it now as an opportunity because if we buy this and make the process make this into a, a, a kind of flat with planning then it, it, there's money there yeah. So make me excited. <laughs> well, you, the thing is, you've got the opportunity, you've got the solutions to the problems, and you know how that how the people can resolve them. Are there any are there any problems that don't have solutions in your opinion? Uh, they all have solutions, just at different price points. Okay. So, <laughs> sometimes and sometimes the solution can take longer, um, but I guess the most difficult ones are title problems. Um, for example, when there is there are problem, there, there are some properties on Edgware Road in uh, in London where there is like all the titles are completely wrong. So mm. you buy a flat and then it doesn't match with what's on the land registry. The addresses on the on the Royal Mail database are different. Oh, and no. Different. The freeholder is missing. It's like that's the kind of problem where it's going to take forever to fix it. Yeah. Uh, it, there's nothing wrong with the flats. The flats are the flats. Mm. You can rent them out, but you'll never finance them. Yeah, you the mortgage. It, it's just like it's a problem at a certain price point. If you buy those flats for 100k, 200k, maybe you can get by with those things, but you need to always keep it as cash. 
and if you're buying them for what they're worth around 400k 450 then you've got a problem okay so for people who are thinking of going to auction to buy um what do you you know do you think it's still a good idea to put bids in before uh the property goes to auction before the auction date and if it doesn't sell put bids in afterwards yeah those are two great ways of securing properties and trying to avoid competition um if you buy things before the auction you need to make offers that are interesting enough for the seller right imagine you're selling a property um you kind of always hope that it's going to go for way more than, you know, than the price that it's, it's someone's offering you. What's so, interesting. And- what, what's an interesting price. So let's say the reserve price is a hundred thousand. Um, and then, so what's the difference between the reserve and the guide price? The guide price would be a hundred to 120, 150 of, of, is that how it works? So if the guide price is like a single number, for example, hundred plus, then it means that the reserve will be somewhere within the 10% of the, this number. So it could be between 90 to 110. Usually it'll be more 110 than 90, but uh, uh, it's, it's, the guide price is an indication where the reserve is. But the reserve might change. Like if there is a low response to marketing, right. um, seller might decide to drop the reserve the day of the auction, the one day before the auction to 100K. And the guide price will be also the 100K. So. It, it kind of, the guide price is an indication where the reserve is more or less. It's uh, definitely not um, indication of the value of the property because the value of the property is what you, what you do with it. It's in that. Um, example, we bought a property in Tooting. Uh, it's actually, we talk about this in the article by PN. Um, it, we bought it, it was guided at 160K probably the reserve was around 175 uh, and we bought it for 212,000. So we kind of spent whatever, 25%, more than 30% above the, the guide price. Uh, and uh, within eight months, we sold the same property without doing any works to it, apart from just getting planning permission, we sold it for 650,000. Wow. Uh, so wow. it, it's like, <laughs> the guide price and the value of the property are yeah, two different. Okay. Um, so for those people who are looking to buy, never really kind of pay too much attention to the guide price. Um, it, sometimes we offer it uh, two times the guide price in the auction, two and a half times the guide price, and we still lost the bidding. Sometimes we offer it 20% below the guide price and we would get the property. So the guide price is just an indication of seller's initial interest at that point, right. but uh, it's not necessarily what the property is going to sell for. So it's worth, you still think it's worth putting in a cheeky bid of maybe, I don't know, what would you, what would you go, 10%, 20%, or is it just actually, regardless of the price, this only works at this number for me? So it's a very, very general rule, and it doesn't work for every property. Uh, probably you, you number one you should always make offers on what the property is worth to you and if it's at 110 10% above the guide price it works for you only no more than that maybe make an offer guide price maybe just above the guide price but if it works for you at 200k and the guide price is 100 
probably make an offer 150 or maybe try 120 but sometimes making an offer before the auction might mean you overpay for the property right and it's okay as long as the price works for you but once we had a situation with a client where we wanted to buy a property that was in the auction at with the guide price of i believe 120 and we offered 140 and the seller like rejected the offer because she wanted 150 so like okay it doesn't work at 150 we went to the auction and then in the auction we won the property at 130 so it's it worked better winning it in the auction but you never know until the auction actually the gamble yeah it might have gone for 170 (laughs) yeah have you made any pre-auction offers before um no i've bought one through the modern method of auction a couple of years ago and that one they said uh, so it was the same actually with the with the triggering process so i think there was like enough interest let's say to start on a on on the monday and i was speaking to the agent on the friday and i said to her well if we put an offer in today will you put that forward and uh, you know uh, and then to the to the owner and she said yeah that's fine so we put an offer in and actually it was so the the property was up for sixty thousand pounds so we just put 50 pound less so 59 nine 500 whatever um just be just below and then it was accepted and we bought it so actually our offer didn't trigger the the auction because it was just below what they were looking for uh and that worked for us so we managed to to get that so that was a that was a win. And then uh, there was another one that we bought in auction as well and went round it and a great opportunity. And it's, you know, it, we're, we're at the very end of it now after two years of, uh, you know, a long, long process of the of, of sorting everything else. But um, so with that property, um, we bought it for 153,000 and there was no mention of any Japanese knotweed. We went on site and we had a look because I know what it looks like. And um, actually, when we looked at it two weeks later, there was all these sprouts growing up and the owner had been round the day before the viewing for auction and cut it all down to root. And Oops. the neighbor, the neighbors said that they uh, had was burning it in the garden, but we had no proof. We couldn't, we just couldn't prove. We tried three solicitors and everything. We couldn't prove that he actually knew what the plant was. Um, he was just doing some gardening the day before the viewing. So, um, yeah. it could be offensive if you cut down there. It is. Uh, so it's leak. Absolutely. We just couldn't prove that he knew what it was, sadly. So, you know, karma comes back in different ways. Hey, and we've managed to sort it out. I think it cost about 6000 for the treatment. Uh, there's a... Yeah, it was about because we had to move it. It was all on the um, driveway. We had to like relocate it. So there's a a couple of years on the treatment plan, and then but we've managed to get the mortgage fine. No issues there. Uh, it might be it might have been a slightly higher rate perhaps, but yeah, that's the thing. Like people think Japanese knotweed is a problem. It's actually not. It's like puts people off. It's a great way of uh, getting uh, the competition to, to move away. You buy the property, put a treatment plan in place, uh, and then you can get 150% capital yeah. allowance uh, on that treatment. Yeah, so you get 9K of the, uh, of, uh, the tax bill. Absolutely, uh, not just the treatment as well, but anything that affects it. So because we had to dig up all the driveway and put a special membrane down 
like all of that cost has gone towards the capital gains, the capital, yeah. sorry, the capital allowances. Yeah, finance the property easily. Uh, it, it's a money maker. Right? Yeah. Our property was up and is not good. <laughs> Are there any that stick out for you in in your mind of like, uh, uh, you know, like you've mentioned one there before, but, uh, you know, do you, have a, do you have a strategy of what you look for for your clients or is it everyone different? Everyone's just looking for... Uh, yeah, everyone's different. I mean, we buy all sorts of properties. We like commercial properties that we can um, add value to through either getting new tenants, uh, splitting them up, doing something clever to it. Um, and um, if we like whatever um, blocks of flats with uh, some additional pieces of land and stuff like that, all the kind of usual things. Uh, yeah. We were quite opportunistic. We would buy anything. We bought um, last year. We bought an advertising wall in Fulham. Huh. Um, so it's like we would buy anything, really. And with the commercial you mentioned there, is it are you finding that there's just kind of a flood of commercial units coming on, or not so much? Are people kind of holding on to them, seeing what's happening? Um, yeah, people, people, yeah, are holding on things and uh, some sellers are selling if they have to but uh, there's been a lot of government help and government interventions with restricting uh, like bay leaves and uh, their possessions and stuff like that so that applied to commercial too so um, a lot of that is is kind of delayed but it will come to the market yeah Fair enough. Okay, well, um, you have got an article in the YPM magazine in the July issue, which is fantastic. So if people can find out more about uh, you there and some case studies. But uh, where can people connect with you on social media? Where's the best place? Uh, well, the best place is uh, either Instagram or, fa- or Facebook, LinkedIn. Like I'm on all those platforms. Probably LinkedIn and Instagram are the, man- the ones that I use the most. Um, and uh, well, so there is a special page that we kind of use for our auction laws, our YouTube channel, like, like a link that connects to all the links. Uh, it's it's uh, taplink.cc slash Hamad auctions. Um, and um, yeah, that's basically how people can find us. Brilliant. Well, that's a fantastic introduction for people who are, uh, you know, want to keep up to date with what's going on in the auction world at the moment. So thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate that. Um, we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Brilliant. Enjoy Thanks, the chat. So if you are still not yet a subscriber to the magazine, then you can get your free first copy just by clicking the link in the show notes and you can find all of the, uh, the contact details for Piot in the show notes as well. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye.